Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. if it hurt you what a movie again. yeah <laughs> you know what like uh, what a movie what a movie what a movie so, <laughs> yeah jordan's been flexing her movie muscles for a year now she joined during what we thought was like a round of strange movies to review and then uh she survived that and now i wonder if she's gonna tap out on tonight's movie but you know to be fair this jordan like we all encounter a movie that breaks us in a certain way but i thought for all the youtubers i would share your quote of the day um, I oh I did it as visual too, just in case you forgot what you said to me. So, do no, you want to read remember. what you said? I said, guys, this movie. What the beep are we watching? Because <laughs> I thought this was feel good movie month, and I was like waiting, I'm like when is the shoe gonna drop? And this this would have fit into weird movie month. Yeah. Not feel good movie month for me. Personally. Oh, I wrote down it's a weird movie that makes you feel good. That's what I wrote. Um, actually, uh, yeah, it's pretty funny because Dave and I didn't think this would be the movie that would break your mind or I like even bother you was, at this point. I honestly thought uh, this not was what I predicted. Now, I mean, I I know you haven't given your rating, but I can kind of wager a guess. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, I, I thought I you chose this, John, and I'm like I was along for the ride. I'm like, oh yeah, I like this movie. Let's do it. Well, uh, I mean, we kind of peaked the feel good movies last week with our holiday special. So, like, what more can you say? Like, um, so does this lean more into a watch party episode? Maybe. Um, it's an art movie, but I guess um, I'm I'm feeling like it might be an art movie gone wrong for some people. <laughs> Actually, it's like well, I'll talk about it when I get to the description of the movie, but um. There is some stuff in uh, headlines which people love because people love hearing about new releases and TV and movie. I don't know what you want to call it, Dave. Headlines? You want to call it home video headlines? Home we actually have, headlines. we actually do have a home video story because director video legend Albert Pune has unfortunately passed away. Dude was sixty nine, kind of an okay run. Started making movies in the eighties. He's considered like a B movie god. As I said, a director video legend. Um, let's see. Cyborg, Sword and the Sorcerer, the whole Nemesis series, which I think I made. I think we covered Cyborg and Nemesis last year, or maybe the year before. I made the whole group of those movies. Cyborg. Well, I'm clearly a fan of his, but I don't know um, if the rest of the world is. <laughs> but I think actually internationally, he's probably bigger than he is in the United States. But um, he also made the first movie adaptation of Captain America back in like 89 or whatever. It's the TV one where Captain America rides around on a motorcycle. Have you seen it, Dave? I have, n- I have not seen that. I've seen Cyborg, and I know I've seen Nemesis. Was was he split second, or is that somebody else? You've seen what? Which one? I, I was trying to figure out if he did split second as well. I don't have stats in front of me. Feels like no, that. I don't think he did split second, but I'd like to see his version. I mean, he was trying to combine his two. So he does a lot of sci-fi, so he does a lot of like robot stuff. So the Cyborg movie he made... 
with Van Damme, which was supposed to be Masters of the Universe, turned into Cyborg. And then he did Nemesis, which is kind of like a Terminator-esque franchise. And then the last couple things he was working on when he was trying to finish like a sequel that combined the two series, right? Like into another trilogy mm. that those like franchises like merge, like a versus or something. Right. Um, I don't think I've seen any of his movies until you had us cover them on the show. And I was like, wow, these are, he, he was actually a really good director. I mean, he took like very B grade budgets and storylines and actually did something pretty decent with them um, for the budget he got. So yeah, too bad. Go ahead. Oh, I, I should have written down who was a nemesis. Cause he like launched the career of like a female bodybuilder actor. And she did a bunch of like karate martial arts movies. It wasn't Cynthia Rothrock, was it? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I should have written it down, but I didn't. The most of the thing I was trying to sum up tonight was just the fact that, like, I'm a huge fan of Albert's movies, even though some of them might be considered cheesy or whatever. But, uh, you know, whatever. Um, there's like a rush now to get to these horror movies that come out at Christmas, but also because this one is on like the slate coming down the pipeline is the Winnie the Pooh horror movie. So it's like all these other companies are like rushing to beat it to the theaters or whatever. So now there's like a Grinch adaptation where it's like the Grinch is going to go on a killing spree in you know, a horror movie for Christmas called the the mean one. Right. Which is the Grinch's nickname anyway. So they pulled it right out of the nursery rhyme or whatever. Right. The Dr. Seuss book. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> I don't know. And she's kind of wearing like a fuzzy furry jacket. I thought, she, I thought it was all cats or whatever, but she's like because she's pro cat. But it's not, it's a yin-yang, you know? I don't know. I don't know if you can do that to the Grinch. I might give it a try to watch, Mm. but I don't know. I like it just the way it is. And it's sacred Uh, little spot. Yeah, I like the old, I like the old school cartoon, but I also like um, the live action Grinch with Jim Carrey a lot. Soft spot for that. That is my Christmas <laughs> religion right there. So, just did like a half salute, half I don't know. It was a mix faithful of all thing. Of it. it was it was something. It was all the See? religions in the world combined into one. And it was like several things. One person, and yeah. that was the Grinch on Christmas. Uh, and he's got a heart that grows. Or who day or who miss? It it grows three sizes that day. So we know he's a good guy. And I don't know if you could make him a murderer or crazy mean person. So unless that's what he's been doing with all the who's this whole time, we didn't. Nobody, nobody told us. That's what he <laughs> makes know. into who pudding. We we don't really know, but the roast beast is made out of who's. There you go. Yeah. Um, have you guys heard about this other movie called Cocaine Bear? Oh yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Banks. Uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Banks is yeah. like, oh yes. <laughs> Actually, I just heard it being talked about like a week or two ago, but yeah, I'm you've actually been, excited for it. Yeah, you've been anticipating this one for your own stocking stuffers, David? You're like, I gotta get to the theater. I gotta see Cocaine Bear. It's delayed till February, though. Ah, man. Yeah. Just after the holidays, but I think hey, it's supposed time to come for out. Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> a perfect date movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm sure there's bears ripping through all kinds of couples in this movie. No, I have no idea. Hmm. But it's a great cast. It's like one of the last parts you'll see Ray Liotta in. Because he, oh, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrie Russell's in it. O'Shea Jackson, which is um, Ice Cube's son. Ice Cube's son, yeah, who was in the movie about the rap group. And then uh, let's see, 
Oh, Christopher Hivju? Is that how you say his name? Hive Jilly? That's how I should call it. Hive Jelly? No, it's like it's like HIV. He's our guy from the Game of Thrones. Christopher Hivju. Yeah. He's like the giant uh, Thor, no, right? Thor? Thor show, Lord of the Rings. No, his name is Wildlings. Uh, yeah, something um, giant Spain. Um, Tormund. Sorry, Tormund. If I were to screw that up, some JOT fans oh, would just rip me apart. Okay, I am a fan of him straight up. Yeah, so can't go wrong. So he, yeah, he comes knocking on the castle walls at night. You just open the door. Yeah, step right. Yeah, in. <laughs> Dave, they let him in. <laughs> Want some all right. Cocoa? Um. All right. I'll, I'll, as we all have a shared fantasy of uh, Christopher from Game of Thrones. Moving on to tonight's movie. Um. Google has like a really straightforward, both whimsical and accidentally provocative. Well, that's actually the movie, but it's a straightforward synopsis, right? For this movie that like is accidentally provocative. That's what I mean to say. Like he doesn't intend to be provocative, but it might come across that way. Um, so here's the description. It's very, ba- very like basic. Like it could be like an after school special. It could be like the description you read in like a TV guide or like you hear about a movie and it's on Hallmark Channel or something. It's like the description doesn't match. What I'm, what I'm trying to illustrate for you folks is that the description does not match necessarily the movie. That you're going to see. Anyway, here's the synopsis. Single dad Richard, played by John Hawks, meets Christine, played by the artist Miranda Julie. She's a starving artist who moonlights as a cabbie. They awkwardly attempt to start a romance, but Richard's divorce has left him emotionally damaged, and he struggles to remain open to the possibilities of a new relationship. Meanwhile, Richard's sons, Peter and Robbie, take part in their own clumsy experiments with the opposite sex. How innocent does that description read, David? It is weird. As you were reading that, I'm actually was reading the back of the description on the Criterion Blu-ray, and it is nothing like that at all. Like, <laughs> yep. read, read, that, read that one to us. Oh, geez. All right. <clears throat> With this compassionate, startling comedy that could have come from no other artistic sensibility, the brilliant Miranda July reveals a world both familiar and strange, an original vision of creativity, sexuality, childhood, and loneliness that emerges from a series of braided vignettes around a pair of potential lovers, Richard, a newly single shoe salesman and father of two, Uh, and Christine, a lonely video artist and elder cab driver. While they take hesitant steps toward romance, (laughs) Richard's sons follow their own curiosity towards their first sexual experiences online and in real life, venturing into uncharted territories in their attempts to connect with others. Playful and profoundly transgressive, me and you and everyone we know, is a poetic look at the tortuous Wrotes we take in, in intimacy in this isolating world and the moments of magic and redemption that unite us. Wow, that was a mouthful. That was <laughs> could awesome. saw me at any time. Uh, we didn't know where you were going with this, Dave. That was literally... <laughs> you didn't just read the synopsis, you read the reviews. I, the word that stood out is obviously... Well, you said startling, and startling is a strong word, so it's going to send out even if it's in a bunch of nice words, but um, it was mostly the same. Uh, no. Dave was was what it was, but coming from a position, there's at this point with you guys, I cannot read 
anything about the movie. I just need mm-hmm. to watch it. I need to experience it. And then I will make my judgments from that. Well, John, Tucker, you need to watch it in a safe space where no one can judge you if they happen to see anything that you're reviewing, right? Oh, like you got well, a I black box site. Watch this with my boyfriend, which was the first full movie he's ever watched oh, with me oh, about the podcast. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so he's sitting in judgment of us, David. <laughs> but he, but I'm like, what the F are we watching? But like John's synopsis kind of lends a little bit to the like the mystery of the movie that you don't really sense right away. You know what I'm saying? Like it kind of leads you into this very interesting experience which is what i would say your synopsis did but dave's was like okay if i read that i would have expected what i was about to watch and then i think i would have probably rated it a little differently but i'm in blindfolded and Hmm. it was an experience so speaking of experiences dave let's see if we can get through the facts about this movie i usually say dangerous details but i mean in light of the movie we're talking about, maybe we don't say the dangerous details. Maybe you just no, kind of no. hint, or, hint around what's happening in your own interpretation of what is art, David. Oh, wait, what's dangerous? This is okay. this is uh, mostly about the production uh, or the people in it. Um, is her name? I thought she pronounced her name Julia, Julie, even though you said July. Well, yeah, I was watching the extras on the Blu-ray, and I heard everybody say July, so I don't know. They kept calling her July? Okay. Maybe yeah. I've been wrong my whole life. Oh, hmm. too bad. <laughs> Um, so speaking of Miranda July, um, she actually got her start making short videos and doing live performance pieces. Um, one of her one woman shows had, was actually spotted by somebody at the Sun- Sundance Institute who brought her on to do lab work. Um, and which actually got uh, me and you and everyone we know fleshed out there. Um, so this movie was actually shot on early, very early Sony high def cameras. Um, and they chose that she chose this purposely, uh, for the long takes like 50 minute tapes at that time, um, which was unheard of at the time. Um, so to allow like the actors to breathe and do more work, especially the child actors, um, would take very long takes. Um, well, uh, <laughs> despite what, uh, Jordan thinks the movie was a critical success. Uh, it won the camera door at Cannes. Oh, and did you hear that, Jordan? It's a critical darling. I read all of that. Okay. <laughs> oh. I researched after. So. That's a uh, Dave, Dave. She said she does research. Well, well, she can do facts next time, I guess. She can check. She can <laughs> just can always... check all your facts right now. Yeah. Um, Roger Ebert named it the fifth best movie of the decade, so it's got that going for it. Um, this is actually the second movie. Yeah, that John is he Hawk- the one that got the karma kick in his ass? Is he the one that had the mouth cancer? Yes. Yeah, so many bad reviews of good movies. It's just like God's like, put the button down. Oh, that's not- <laughs> uh, what was so that mean? Is- Sorry. Uh, I'm not an Ebert fan. What are you going to do? Uh, I'll uh, guess I'll hear on his podcast what he thinks of me. From the afterlife? Uh, oh, did he uh, die too? I guess it's his. Who took over for him? Some guy that never wanted to counter his opinion, like, was in fearful, just lived in Richard. fear of him. Yeah. Roper? Yeah, I think so. That, that was Who was the first guy? guy? Yeah, it was, well, it was Richard. Well, it was Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. Uh, Siskel died, and then... Hey, he folks, don't quote me, but I think there's a story that he poisoned Siskel, and that's the real way he went out. Reviews from the podcast get, I guess, so... <laughs> That'd be the funny if that's what got printed as, like, the facts. Like, uh, episode oh, quote. Good. 
Yeah, we get a call from New York Times like, really? Is that <laughs> all of a sudden we're in news? Oh, the weak joke because Davis just dragging on with these facts. Well, we can move on anytime <laughs> you like. <laughs> I, can, I, I mean, I, I would get through them a lot faster if I wasn't interrupted. Yeah, Dave, I'm here to support Hot you. Hot damn. So. Okay. <laughs> Feel free to interrupt me when I'm talking about our friends over at Love to Get Media, right? You can get your loved ones a box of love, a box of movie love. It's, uh, you know, video stores have kind of gone by the wayside, makes David cry. He wonders where he's going to get his video store fix on. Well, you can go to mom and pop movie box situation. Love to get media.com forward slash binge. If you punch in the promo code binge, you'll get 15% off. Boxes of DVDs and Blu-rays. There's even a bargain bin for David to surf. They also sling vintage records and video games if you want to play or, you know, become a collector. Again, that's 15% off by using our code binge at checkout. Last year, I think I ordered maybe like four boxes. To be fair, I didn't sub up. I ordered these one-time boxes, but I did send a bunch of movies. I think Dave got some. Yeah, you got movies. Yeah, Jordan missed the movie. Uh, I think Jordan, I think you missed it by like two months or whatever. Like right before we sent out the Christmas movies, we're like, "Oh, let's try these boxes at this media store." However, since you played nice this whole year. Uh, you can go to that website and if you say like John, I want a box of these records or whatever, we'll well I'll make Dave send it to you. Yeah. Okay. I'll do I'll, it. I'll put it on Dave's credit card. I think you offered it to me. I just was too scared. Oh yeah. Yeah, I said the host, go ahead, get a box. Let's do this. That's like um I have movies, like all the movies in this little office came from the Love to Get Media boxes. Um now back to the podcast in progress. Dave, that was your opportunity to rib me while I was talking, and you, you didn't get in. You didn't get in it. Well, that's kind of like a, that was a safe wall you were behind, though. That was an advertisement. Oh, safe wall. I'm safe. I'm safe in my little ad so, Like, I can't talk crap during an advertisement. <laughs> I don't think you're that. That's fair. Yeah. He wouldn't break the podcast rules. He's only dangerous during his fact sheet. All right. Um, I'm going hard. Okay. Favorite bits, Jordan. What? <laughs> I don't even know if I prepared for this moment. I was like, <laughs> um, that's not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. I don't think you can spoil this movie. There's just a lot of stuff that happens. Yeah. That'd be a great um, movie poster, Dave. Stuff happens. A lot I of mean, it. I just loved how crazy Christine felt. I don't know if she was, was not, but like, I could empathize with that kind of aggression slash craziness. I think one of my favorite moments in the movie is when she's on her bed and she's like kind of laying by her phone and she's just begging her phone to ring. And she's like, come on, you stupid idiot. We cannot start the rest of our lives until you call. Mm. Um, I don't know. Just really felt that, but uh yeah, I guess I'll leave it at that. There was some interesting moments, but that would be Well, yeah, like favorite. dating anxiety, that's a real thing. Oh my god, absolutely. You're like, should I text him? Oh wait, no, like let me wait till he texts me first. And then you do this whole back and forth. And back in the day, you obviously had to do it in person. So she's just like physically stalking him, not only where he works, where he parks his car, when he's driving the car towards where she's parked it's this whole thing and 
she just knew they were meant to be together. So she was probably right. She will, was right. Spoiler alert. But um, yeah, that was my favorite bit. Dave. Hmm. Well, you know, you said uh, back and forth. Uh, no, uh, that's <laughs> that. Uh, a joke, folks, you have to have seen the movie. You have to watch it. It became a meme, I found out. Like, that whole thing, like, I think I sent John a, t- a picture of a t-shirt. Like, it's actually become a thing. It's even a joke on uh, Cards Against Humanity, which I- I'd seen it there, too. Um, Yeah, my boyfriend obviously watched this movie with me, and, like, he chatted me that at work today with the, the parentheses, parentheses, greater than, less than, parentheses, yeah. parentheses, and right. I was like, none All of right, that. I- I guess to fill in the audience, uh, there's two boys t- chatting on the internet, and uh, one young, much younger, maybe six, seven, and another maybe thirteen, fourteen. Uh, and the young one convinces the brother, uh, brother to type Are, in a woman, a woman he's chatting. All right, like, all right. I'll, I'll keep the clean, dirty version here, Dave. So a kid is texting with somebody on like instant messenger. I am, and They're he wants to poop back and forth. Chat rooms. Just talking about pooping in his, her butt. The were the thing, Jordan. Each other, yeah. It's like oh, I remember before I one-sided think, uh, YouTube. I think at one point YouTube tried to do like a back and forth of their own. Uh, but yeah, so they're talking about pooping back and forth. That's not technically my favorite bit, but I, I just had to fit in since she. Dave likes poop. Let's just admit it. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, it's so funny. It's just scatological movies. <laughs> Sometimes they're fun. Uh, you know, I'm surprised watching this movie this time um, how different. I mean, it is has some conventional uh, romantic comedy in it. It has art. It's an art film. It's a weird coming of age story. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really like the bit where um, there's a goldfish on top of a car and they're on the freeway and they're trying to like maneuver to like not get the guy to like have the fish go off. There's just a beautiful little moment there. Um but I don't know, watching it this time, the one scene that stood out to me this time that did not before was this movie kind of calls BS on the pixie dream girl and burst your bubble for a moment. Because in in one scene, they are setting her up to be the pix, manic pixie dream girl. So they're having a nice conversation along the sidewalks, talking like it's their relationship. And then a moment or two later, she just walks into his car and he, he just like almost to break the fourth wall to be the audience member like, what are you doing in my car? Like, we just had a nice conversation. What? This is crazy. Don't get in my car of somebody you don't know. See, I feel um, like he overreacted. I don't think so at all, because that is how a real human being would react to somebody they just barely met. A movie person trying to start a relationship maybe would react differently, but a real life, hey, somebody just walked into your car you just met. I'd probably react the same way, honestly. Being a girl, I'd be like, what are you doing in my car right now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it doesn't work the other way, does it? No, sure don't. But that's not the way it was in the movie. So he was nice. But I mean, it it was just it was a moment that like kind of bursted the romantic comedy bubble for a moment. Like in in any other movie, it would be like, well, I mean, that was kind of the point. So maybe his what I call an overreaction is like the right amount of anger to show the difference in the two realities. Right. Right. Being realistic about her just jumping into the car with a stranger. So yeah. it's it's funny, you know, I think me and John saw this in the theater together when this came out. And I mean we really liked it, but like that scene didn't play to me at all. I just still thought like, oh, that's really cute. She just walked into his car. Why is he being mean to her? Wow, uh, how old mean. are you guys? Just kidding. Twenty nine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Forever to see this movie in theaters. Oh, I don't think we saw this in the theaters or whatever. I think, we did. I think I bought it on DVD. 
Well, yeah. I know you bought it on DVD, but I thought we saw like a early screening or something of this. I could have sworn I did. If we saw a screening of this, it was like a focus group or something with the little cards. Possibly. Dave just wrote back and forth. Don't want to age. <laughs> yeah, I just gave <laughs> the sequence. You can't no, age you us. guys were IMing each other. What were your favorite yeah, parts of what you want to see? Steal... Well, no, that would be uncool if I spelled out exactly why we're popular. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Um, What is going on? Your favorite bit, favorite John. Bit. Is, oh, it's my turn. I'm thinking about all these other things. Thanks a lot, Jordan. Make you feel insecure. <laughs> no. Um, I I was paying attention to this dialogue in this one scene in the mall. I think it happens when she has a compact mirror that she's using to spy. Like she does a lot of stalkery things. Okay, like outside the whimsy and the artwork and everybody else going off on the little mini adventures. She, like, stalks a dude in, like, three or four scenes, right? So she drops the mirror that she's spying on him with him on Tuesday or whatever after having just spied on him on, like, Friday and Monday. And then, like, you know, he's going to glue back together with this magical shoe glue that they have, which is probably just, like, a really strong epoxy, like, I don't know, super glue, gorilla glue, like that girl put in her hair and got her hair all mutilated. Strong glue is what I'm saying, David. Strong glue. Shoe glue. Shoe glue. Not so glue, which is an actual hair product in another comedy. This is glue for your shoes. Okay. So they're holding it for a couple minutes, and then he's saying, uh, she goes, she's asking him about his life, and he goes, I was trying to save my life. Like she goes, What's the long version of how you burnt your hand? What's the short version? I was trying to save my life and it didn't work. What's the short version? I burned it. Anyway, I'm kind of a dialogue fiend, so I kind of really appreciated that written moment, right? Thought it was kind of poetic. Um, the movie does have underage kids trying to live up to adulthood in L.A., and I kind of felt like that is kind of youth in L.A., you know? It's a no-filter zone. Anyway... So it's yeah, very realistic. it's not the PG Hallmark movie that I pitched you at the beginning of the episode, folks. It's definitely rated R, and it's generational, maybe because I think that uh, you know, I think it's like if you draw a diagram of where the generations are, it's like uh, movies were released that had this, and movies were released that had this, movies were released that had this, and then people are looking at it in all different contests, like con, not contest, context, different contexts. And I guess where they are in that like societal rung, but uh, I think Jordan says we're done with uh, Miranda. I call her Julie. I don't know if that's her name. You're telling me her name is July. Yeah, J U L Y. I mean, that's you gonna like watch the... any of her other movies, Jordan? Actually, when I learned that she was a performance artist, I was yeah. like, I'll give her a shot, and I can I, see I... how this fits. She's only made two other movies. I suggest skipping the future, but uh, Kajillionaire is really fun. She's yeah. actually not. That's the only one she's not in. It's uh, other actors, but that was actually a really good movie. It was like the details that like sold me on it. You know, oh, yeah. Thing. Like, so not not to put you on the spot, but how do you rate it? Okay, a binge later. Mm. I I think I was a all BL. <laughs> I was like binge never. Binge yeah. later, I think as I'm talking to you guys, I can obviously like appreciate the artisticness from the film. And like I 1000% can relate f- 
from the like adolescent like coming of age experiences of the children like definitely was in chat rooms as kids doing mm. the same shit that they were doing same. like totally a hundred percent was not meeting anybody in parks sorry spoiler alert but i i can be there i think that's probably why it's so shocking and that's what would m- make me read it like a binge now but like it was a shock to the system for me. <laughs> and I was like, what did you guys make me do? And I can appreciate it for what it is. So binge later. What about you, Dave? Um, you know, I'm going to give you some leeway there. Uh, my, I put this on with my wife next to me while she was doing work. I could have sworn she had seen this movie before. She worked at a blockbuster in the mid-2000s. I, I could have sworn she'd seen it. <laughs> That's uh, like a prerequisite to seeing weird movies. She's like, well, you worked at a video store. You know, you could handle it, honey. <laughs> well, she did, she's named other weird movies she'd seen during that era, so I just assumed it mixed in there. But she had not seen this, and she's like, I'm going to go work in the other room. <laughs> so Since then, the you're... back and forth has kept you together. Happy <laughs> at the holidays. So, uh, yeah. so you're not alone, Jordan. <laughs> just covered her eyes. If you're listening and just tuning in, she covered her eyes for a reason. Go back like 10 minutes, and then we'll keep recalling this phrase. <laughs> Uh, uh, binge now for me. I mean, it is uh, watching it after so many years. Uh, there is some parts that are a little questionable, not questionable, but just make me feel awkward as an adult now. Uh, but I, I don't know. I still overall like it. I say binge now. Why are you putting up signs in your windows? No, <laughs> no, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> So I just didn't know if we were going to sneak in the window reference the whole show. I just had to get it in. Somehow so. did not talk about that. but Yeah. Dave, are you done? Oh, yeah, I, I passed okay. it on to you. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I do have respect for her as an artist, strictly as an artist, and she got some of the art into the movie. Um, some of her metaphors don't necessarily tr- translate to me and her experiences, too. But then I thought, like, She's probably drawn on her own experiences or her friends' experiences to write some of that story. So some of the stuff that happens to the adolescents and their experiences with other people in the city, I don't know. Um, so disconnect there. But her like existential longing for what is love and trying to define it on a practical level, if that's even what she's trying to do, it could be completely wrong because if it's a painting on a wall, it's like you can interpret the movie differently, right? But I'm really impressed at, at like in the beginning, and maybe there's other artists that have done this, but I've only seen it in a couple movies. There's like La Jadite, which is like a French short film that they make all film students watch, and it's literally a still image the whole time, and then sound effects that change, but the image doesn't change, or it might change every so often if there's like a new scene or something. There's no motion; it's just still no motion. Yeah. Right. So in the beginning, when she's fooling around with her microphone and her video camera, and and I think in real life her installations kind of look like that. Like where she's like uh cinema verte, but then she she like creates the characters in the pictures. Like she has a picture of a couple on like a retirement getaway or whatever. Uh, and she's making she's doing the voices, right? And so mm-hmm. each image she moves the camera to, she's like creating a movie or a story out of like that event that she has somebody's like, you know, it's like she's gone to the second hand store, like uh um what do they call it? Consignment stores or something like that, or whatever and found like somebody's shoebox of images and then put them on a poster and, and videotaped it i'm like 
man, you know, we spent all this money to go to film school. That's where I met Dave. That's where we watched movies like this. And, and I'm like, wow, we could have just stayed home, bought a handy cam and <laughs> animated pictures all day. Right. I was like, what a great way to make a movie. Yeah. Anyway, so I got a, a lot of respect for that. So it's a binge now because I think like, yeah, you got to stomach a lot of stuff to watch the movie. But however, there is art there and it, and better art for not me being able to understand it either. You know, so I guess film school didn't really pay off, did it, Dave? If I can't interpret this one movie, <laughs> damn. Boy. I mean, it's definitely an art film, but it's also yeah. very easily digestible. Like, you know, you tell people art film to some folks and they'll be like, oh, God, roll their eyes. Like, no, there's a plot. It's easy to follow, but it has these flourishes. But it's uh, like a very sunny David Lynch movie, basically. So what do you guys do to watch the taste of this movie out of your mouths? Um, watch this adorable movie called Secondhand Lions that, heard of that. I remember my that. boyfriend had recommended. And um, Haley Joel Osment is is in it, which I find hilarious because he's only in like, you know, what we think of like signs and I don't know. Those With, other um, ones. Is it Michael Caine and... Uh, Robert Duvall? Yeah, 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 yeah. Robert you guys got it. And so essentially he like goes to live with his uncles because his mom doesn't want him. And they are essentially like, I don't know, I guess they're, tr- they're not really treasure hunters, but they've like accumulated this giant like amount of money by having this very interesting lifestyle where he like rescues a princess and there's big storytelling and I love the flashbacks and it just and literally a lion. They ha- they do have a lion too. There is a lion, yeah. which I just kind of found shocking that they named the film after such a very short part of the story. Spoiler alert. The lion dies. I didn't know how long the lion was in the movie. It's really short. And the lion right. is mama bear and she protects him. And it's just like a really cute part of the story. But anyways, Made me feel good, which I thought that's what this month was about, but apparently not with the movie we watched for this episode. So it made me get all the feels and I cried, obviously, because I do at everything, including commercials, but watch it. I thought it would have been a Disney Channel original, but it was not. It just like it had kind of all the quirkiness and cheesiness that I needed to feel good in my heart so what about you dave anything you watched um yeah i guess i'll suggest the feel good thing i've seen a few things i mostly was watching nostalgic stuff this week planes trains and automobiles adam's family because of the wednesday show um but i I guess i'll suggest the feel good hit of the season i guess uh spirited it's on apple plus with uh, ryan reynolds and will ferrell we know how much john loved seeing will ferrell sing in uh Eurovision, well, he gets to watch a musical with Will Ferrell singing a lot more now with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, it's basically another Scrooge story. Ryan Reynolds is like a, a, a marketing guy that will like twist anything to, to you know, uh, make his, you know, clients happy. Well, you know, we'll say the worst things uh, to sell products. Uh, so they target him. It's like in a world where uh, scrooging is a business basically like each year they have mm-hmm. to find people to target and turn their life around. Like they had like the wall of fame of like Dolly Parton was on there. So you assume at some point they had to like visit her one night to turn her life around to be the Dolly Parton we all know and love. Um, but it's a musical with Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, 
They're doing the Scrooge thing. Yeah, it's pretty fun. If you want to watch like a new Christmas movie this holiday season, like me and John were saying, all the holiday stuff this year has sucked so far. So I'd watch. That was not too bad. John? Although, are you going to mention another holiday thing? That no, I'm not going to mention the Game of... Uh, no, not Game of... Uh, game of Thrones is still on my mind. <laughs> that would be great it. if there was a Game of Thrones holiday special. <laughs> Why not? They can make it. They can have yeah, the dragon burn the tree. That'd be good. Um, Santa I mean, I rides still... in on freaking nine dragons or something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be okay. good. Anyways. Uh, I meant to say Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I've watched it three times. They do finally deliver on the joke how many references that Peter Quill, spoiler alert, makes to Kevin Bacon. Because Kevin Bacon is basically the feature player. Um, it really only concentrates on... Until Quill has a cameo, it really only concentrates on two of the Guardians. It has... Um, Drax and... Mantis and Drax, yeah. And there's a big reveal that's setting you up for the next Marvel movie, which is... I mean, just like Marvel Comics, you have to buy several different series to get the whole story, you know? Um. Yeah, they're just setting you up for a movie. They don't want to explain, you know, the major reveals in the movie, so they just revealed it in the holiday special. So yeah, so if you're diehard, you got to go see it. Um, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought Dave was a bigger fan because I also influenced like Thor Ragnarok and Thor: Love and Thunder, just the style and tone, comic, you know, adventures in space, whatever. Um. However, uh, Peacock dropped Perfect Pitch Bumper in Berlin, so I watched that. Yeah. I wanted more because there's not a lot of pitch perfect in those movies, like or the show. It's got like just bumper. He's on a German tour, and they but they do bring back Flora Ward, who's like a German comic, and he's in the Das Sound Machine, which is like the villains in part two or three or something. Like, yeah, part two, part two, the German team. And uh, oh, yeah. anyway, the show makes you want to go back and watch the movies because there's more mashups and singing in in those in the movies itself. Uh, I was a little surprised they didn't didn't bring Amy back just because she got skinny. Like her character was called. There are a lot of stereotypes in tonight's movie, but also in pick you know Pitch Perfect is like every character fits like a mold of some other character, right? Um, they called her character Fat Amy, which maybe doesn't play today either. But I'm like, she got you know she changed her whole body shape in real life. They could have just called her Amy, plain Amy. Could have called her Island Amy anything <laughs> you know what i mean but her character was actually important the third story was like centered around her family or whatever um anyway yeah you can watch bumper it's on peacock which is nbc on demand however i do have a gripe about long-term rentals if you purchase any digital videos they're really just rentals david you know this right we oh, talked about yeah. this several times yeah. uh, so comcast which owns peacock or is peacock <clears throat> they pulled my purchased Pitch Perfects off my digital shelf. And then I was like, oh, because they're in Peacock now. <laughs> I've never seen Pitch Perfect. I'm throwing pens. <laughs> I like you need to at least watch the first one. I, I gave up after the second one. I did if there was ever a trilogy that I would assume Jordan has seen, it's Pitch Perfect. And then also Sorry. the movie that we didn't think would break her. Is the movie we talked about tonight because we had no idea that we had to put a disclaimer on this movie. Um, not that it says anything about us and our movie going choices, just that literally we didn't think it was bad enough or weird enough to have Jordan go, What the hell, guys? But she pulled the what the <laughs> I, hell. I thought this was a safe pick <laughs> when Jordan was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
this one had me stumped. At least with robot jocks, I knew it was gonna be Shite, but this Shita. <laughs> no. And now we're gonna go watch Santa kill a bunch of people on screen. I'm ready for it. Let's go.